0: everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry
1: and get wild.
0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you in Bakersfield, California. Brendan Scott back at the 630 Chad Studios in Edmonton. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We're going to head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it every Thursday on Oilers Now for... Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, Rob Kinsey and the gang. At Canadian Power Pack, we bring you Kevin Weeks, our goaltending guru, uh, future NHL executive uh, from the NHL Network and ESPN. Hello, Kevin, how you doing?
1: Stop. I'm great. I'm actually in Bristol, Connecticut uh, at the ESPN mothership here. So all's good, man. How are you doing? Big night for us. Good, you guys. Uh, on our what Pardon me? I said, big night for us tonight. We've got uh, we've got as many as three games on our air, and I have three shows tonight as well. So, it's uh, it's a busy night. We have Jack Eichel's return back to Buffalo, which is massive, as we all know. We've got Minnesota Wild they are having a good year uh, against Detroit. See if Detroit can get their act together after that last um, beatdown that they got from Arizona. And uh, then we also have Ducks and Preds, which will impact the oil because that's a Pacific game with the Ducks. So we yeah, have that as our 8 p.m. game.
0: All right. So is this on now? Is this on ESPN or on ESPN Plus?
1: These are all on Plus tonight. We have. uh, Give me one second. Yep, they're all on Plus tonight. Plus and Hulu tonight. So yep, all three of them.
0: uh, Because I ended up, uh, as you know, uh, having an extended stay in Chicago uh, for a little bit of quarantine. Yes, and made it out to Bakersfield. And you've been there too, so you know what it's like. Uh, uh, So somebody at ESPN was kind enough to uh, hook me up with an ESPN uh, Plus account because uh, Canadian uh, credit cards uh, do not apply to that ESPN Plus account, little known fact. So it's geol- uh, I've had to, yeah. I've, it, you know how it works. So anyhow, look, you're going to say, say it's all locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all locked. I'm glad
1: you're feeling better
0: though. Well, yes, thank you. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's talk about a couple things. Uh, I want to start with Miko Koskinen. Uh, I mean, you played the position in the National Hockey League. We all know Mike Smith was Dave Tippett's guy. And Mike's had a tough year this year. Uh, You know, Mike was at, Smitty was at 923 last year. It was going to be very difficult for him to replicate that. I think we all know that. Um, Unfortunately for Mike Smith, you know, like I thought, okay, if he can be 905 to 915 and Koskinen can be 905 to 915, the Oilers will be a lock to make the playoffs because they'll be able to score enough, and they've had really good special teams. Well, it hasn't. Mike hasn't been able to stay uh, healthy. Jay Woodcroft comes in. A new coach comes in, and Smith has been in and out of the lineup, and, and has had a couple tough starts. Does Koskinen, even though he's a UFA, he's playing for a contract somewhere here? Is there? Does the mindset change for a guy like Koskinen when a different coach comes in, Kevin?
1: Yeah, for sure, because it, it is a different opportunity. And Koskinen was there the whole time, so. He knows that uh, that, that Tippett and, and Smitty go back to their time in Dallas together. He knew that, naturally. And, you know, Smitty had been great, as you said, last year especially. was amazing. And there's a pre-existing relationship. But, and not to mention, then, there were the comments publicly uh, that, that Coach Tippett made about Koskinen that didn't go over well. And Koskinen re- re- responded not only verbally in kind, but his game responded as well. Koskinen's been excellent since then. So... Give him credit. And yes, if you're asking, um, the fact that there's a contract, he's he's fighting to play and to stay in the NHL. Because here's one thing now that a lot of people, unless you're a Russian-born player or you have Russian family that's in Russia and you feel like being there, based on the world climate right now and and all that's that's transpiring, Koskinen had played in the KHL before, but does he want to – I don't necessarily know that he looks at that as being a viable option based on the current events today. So as well as he's playing right now, he needs to keep this up down the stretch for their team, but also for his career to continue to open eyes for what next year could look like for him here at the NHL, not in the KHL.
0: Yeah, well, and as you mentioned, he played four years in a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, you know, played for St. Petersburg on a great State team State. where he he, he mm-hmm. split time with Shisterkin, Uh and exactly. he is a split yeah. he is a split time starter. He's a one B. That's what he is. Uh, you know what? Though he's a one B, but it, I'm a little bit, and maybe it's a byproduct, Kevin, of me growing up watching the great hitters teams of the 80s. Grant Fuhr never worried about shutouts. He never worried about save percentage. He worried yeah. about getting the W. Mikko Koskinen yeah. is twenty nine and three this year. He's getting mm-hmm. W's. Is that ultimately what it's about for a goaltender?
1: Ultimately, it is. I mean, the, the, the W's are most important. I mean, Jonathan Quick operates that way too. Um, he has a lot of grandeur in him, and from his approach to you know his athleticism and the way he competes on pucks and and the rest of it, and obviously that in winning Stanley Cups as well. But I would say that. At the same time, you want to be mindful, like any goalie, you want to be mindful of what your performance looks like and and what those indicators are. The win is the most important indicator, of course, but at the same time, you know, theoretically, if your numbers and your save percentages and and things of that nature are good, if those are where they should be, then, you know, theoretically, that'll lead to more wins for for the club and for you. So uh, you also look at it that way, but most important stat for sure. Is, uh, is the W's, no question.
0: Two teams got news today. Jack Campbell out of Toronto, shut down for a couple weeks, and now we're hearing Robin Lehner again in Vegas. And I gotta tell you, the whole situation with Vegas and the decision that they went last year, um, Mark Andre Fleury versus the long-term extension that occurred actually the, the playoff season before, um, with Robin Lehner. This is really interesting. Are Vegas and the Maple Leafs, are those two places that maybe might make a guy like Montcom, you know, like they're, they're, they're way for, well, actually Vegas isn't that far ahead of Edmonton right now uh, and Toronto's in a tough division. Uh, and do those teams need to look at getting a different goaltender? Could you see Marc-Andre Fleury maybe waving a new movement to go to one in Toronto or Vegas? I
1: said this a month and I said this, and let, and, and let me preface what this is. A month ago, I said the Leafs should be looking at getting somebody because of Peter Mrazek being injured this year. He hasn't had a chance to get into his rhythm, but I'm glad that they're playing him more down the stretch, which I said on the air, because Mrazek can kick. I know that. But the thought coming into this season was Jack Campbell maybe play 45, Mrazek play the balance, cl- close to a 50-50 split, to your point, and then they'd see where it went down the stretch. Problem is, Jack Campbell got off to an amazing start. He shot off like a rocket. His start was incredible. He was the top five goalie in the league for the first 20 games of the season. And then his splits from the following games since then, post the first 20 or first 18, if you will, his last 20, they haven't been anywhere near. Now, to the point we said earlier, he's been getting a lot of the W's. I think he's like 11, 4 and whatever in, in those starts. But at the same time, his performance has dipped dramatically. Like, his numbers, it looks like a different goalie. So, that equation is a tough one because, listen, we know the Leafs can score, but they've yielded 13, sorry, the 13 games of their last 22 games, they've let in four or more. So, in short, they've been able to outscore their problems, right? But you know that in the postseason, you're not going to do that. I mean, the Oilers couldn't put up five and six with Gretzky and, and, and Meth and the whole crew in the playoffs. They had tight games. They had to win some tight games in the playoffs to win those cups, right? And that's the most offensive team of all time. So I look at that then from Vegas's standpoint, and I said the same thing. I don't know why Vegas traded Mark Andre Fleury. I have no idea. And go back and check the tweet. I broke that trade, and I remember talking to Mark Andre Fleury literally right after the trade. He was stunned, and I spoke to his agent, Alan Walsh. He like. The flower was stunned at that trade. Believe me when I tell you, that's why he wasn't sure if he was going to report to Chicago. So I don't think Vegas should have traded him in the first place. And now they're in a situation where, and you know me, I've always been pumping Vegas, their owner, Bill Foley, everything the way they do everything. They they've been an amazing model franchise in in so many different ways, but getting rid of Marc Andre for wasn't one of them. Number one. And then number two coming out the other day and refuting the report that they were interested, like what, how could you not be interested in, in reacquiring them? Especially knowing that Robin Leonard has been playing through post-surgery to start the season. And now he's battling an upper body injury, which might be associated with the surgery. And now he has a lower body injury. So coming out and saying that you weren't going to get them or you're not interested in getting them. You know what? Sometimes we all have a lot of pride, but pride is one thing. False pride is another thing. And practicality is another thing. And sometimes you've got to be more practical than those other two things and I don't know. If I'm the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm certainly... I I would have Marc-Andre Fleury back tonight, if it
0: were me. Yeah, well, I'm looking at Vegas. They're two points ahead of Of Edmonton. Both teams have played 58 Mm -hmm. games. Edmonton's gone through Mm -hmm. a real... I mean, four of the top five-ranked teams by NHL.com, Kevin Weeks, the Oilers have played uh, over the course of their last eight games. So, you know, they went down and played Tampa Bay. Bay. Then they got Florida, who they beat. Then they played Carolina. They just recently played the Flames. And they're not getting killed five on five, and they got a bunch of guys out of their lineup. They're going to start to get some guys back here. Yeah, obviously they need. By your tweet the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they had seven regulars out, right? And people are like, ah, stop okay. making excuses. In a cap system, it's not an excuse. It's a factor. Now, Vegas doesn't have Mark Stone right now, but the, if, if they lose Leonard for a substantial amount of time here, uh, I think the Leafs can withstand it. I don't know if Vegas can. I'm going to be intrigued to, uh, to, to see what happens there. You mentioned Jack Heichel's return. Vegas in Buffalo mm-hmm. tonight. Um, Buffalo and Detroit, and the Oilers have Buffalo and Detroit next week in Edmonton. Those teams beat Edmonton earlier this year, ironically during a time in which Edmonton went sixteen and five out of the gate. Uh, the orders on that five-game road trip, those were the two games they lost, and uh, Detroit and Buffalo. Um, What's your take on what Eichel? I mean, we saw a little bit last night at Rogers Place in Edmonton. A little bit of uh, you know discontent with uh, Alexander Ovechkin and the whole Russian mm-hmm. thing, and I mean, you, and you get that because you know how many Ukrainians live in Alberta. There's about three hundred fifty thousand. What's, uh, more, up, what's than, more than anywhere outside the Ukraine? Yeah, right. Yeah. What's up with uh, what do you think? What do you think Jack Eichel's uh, gonna? What, what sort of response do you think he's gonna get in Buffalo?
1: I think it'll be mixed and. I spoke with Jack the last couple of days. In fact, I was texting with him this morning uh, after, their, after their their time there at the rink. So he's, he's nervous. He's excited. He's excited. He's nervous. He's conflicted. And, you know, obviously he goes in there with, with a, a whole world of emotions. Anytime you're traded for the first time, especially in a trade that plays out publicly the way it did, um, I, I think the fans, are, it'll be mixed. I think you're going to have the fans that recognize that he played hard. He was a really good player for them, an excellent young player, um, that played exceptionally well there. The best young player they've had in, I mean, how long for them. And then you're going to have people, you know, the typical reaction where people are going to be hypersensitive and mad and upset that he got traded. But the the, the problem here is, and what kind of lies in the middle, is the fact that ultimately the organization didn't want him to have that procedure. And if they had allowed him to have that procedure, Jack Eichel would have been a Buffalo Sabre today. So it's almost as if... They forced his hand, in a sense, and, you know, then, like I always say, and I know you guys have seen this up in Edmonton with different players over, over time, too, like, it's not a good look when players are traded or leave or whoever, and you're trying to smear and, and kick somebody out the door. I just, don't, I just think it's high school, you know? It's like you're breaking up with a high school relationship, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I never really liked her anyway. Or, oh, he's not really that cool anyway. I didn't really like You know what I mean? It's just, it's very petty, and I don't think it really exudes class and, uh, and nor confidence. But I will say, the fact that they're giving him a tribute, which we were kind of wondering if they would on the air, right, Callahan and I, um, the fact that they're giving him a tribute is, is, I believe, the right course of action. Because here's the thing, Stoff, and for a lot of the listeners out there, this isn't you know, NHL early '90s when I was coming into the league. This is a player-driven league, and what I mean by that is there's more young players than ever. You guys have seen it with all the World Juniors up there in Alberta. You, know, you see it with U18s and all the rest of it. You're seeing it with the Dub. Guys know each other, and guys are hyper-connected, and guys are always talking. And you might, let's say, in the case of Jack Eichel, you might try to, I don't know, say discredit or, or um, you know, shame him or whatever they try to do on the way out the door. Jack Eichel is very well-liked. He's got a lot of connections. He comes from Boston, which is a huge hockey market, huge college hockey market. He'll be a USA hockey staple. He has been prior to his entry. Sometimes guys are going to be looking at a trade or free agency, and if they were to call him, what's he going to say? Like, is he going to say, yeah, that's a great place. You should go and play there. Or, hey, the ownership treated me well, or I don't know, it went well or whatever. Those are things you have to consider, right? Because players talk. As much as coaches and GMs and whatever say they talk, players talk and players are the product. So I'm glad that they're giving him the the reception. I think that's the right thing to do. He's earned that for sure. But uh, I'm very curious to see it. I know that he's really nervous and conflicted about playing tonight. So there should be a
0: lot of drama in that one for sure. Well, wow. I mean, the guy was their best player for a number of years. They should do. I, I, I do doubt. think sometimes, sometimes when a guy's played, you know, a season and a half, and he gets a tribute video, I'm like, really? But when it's, right? right you know, know when Taylor Hall comes back at Edmonton, there should be, a, you know, when he gets traded for, after spending six seasons and help keeping the building full uh, for the Oilers organization, right. there should be a healthy right. tribute for a player of that sort. And not 100%. the same amount of tribute for a guy that's only you know spent a year yeah. in town. So hey, one yeah, final yeah, one totally. for you. Total sure. curveball. Total curveball. Occasionally, ahead. and not today, but occasionally we have George Larock on after you. Um, yeah. You played with a guy with the Ottawa Sixty Sevens, Freddie Oduya. Yeah. The rest his soul. Yeah. God rest his soul. And he yeah. fought. George LaRock in preseason as a member. He was one tough dude, wasn't he? Freddie, o, Freddie Oduya, Johnny Oduya's
1: brother. And what's crazy is I play with Johnny in the show uh, in, in Jersey with the Devils. And Johnny's a really good defenseman was a key member of that Chicago Blackhawk team in their second pair with him and Jarmerson. Now, what I would say is Freddie was so such an interesting guy wiry, long reach, um, very rangy, jacked but shredded kind of on the thinner side of jacked, but he threw jackhammers. He's one of the toughest guys I've ever played with and he hardly ever talked. Like Johnny's quiet. He kind of looks like, uh, who? what's his name Man, Lenny Kravitz a little bit when he had his afro and whatever. We joke around with Johnny uh, when we play together, but Freddie was like a mute button. He would hardly ever talk. But when he fought, it's like a switch went off. He was a tough, 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 tough man. Very tough. One of the hands-down toughest people I played with was Radio Yo- Dujo, rest Because I think yep. he ended up passing in a motorcycle accident, if I'm not mistaken, in Switzerland. Yep. But very yep. tough man. Very tough man. Yeah. I From just... We play together. Very tough yep. man.
0: I just remember preseason with the Sharks. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, you know, because George, now George was fairly inexperienced at that time as well, but George was George. And, uh, well, you took a couple shots, but he hung in there. That's all you can ask. Kevin, love having you on the show. Thanks for taking time, my man.
1: Anytime, brother. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all the fans back in Berta too. Appreciate it.
0: There you go. That is Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Japanese Village, open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. I was talking to uh, uh, Colin Chalk uh, today uh, about that. Uh, because uh, Colin is now the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors and Jay Woodcroft and the staff uh, went to Japanese Village in the fall when they were in town before they went back down to Bakersfield. Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jbedmonton.ca We'll come back with the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It's 123 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Alright you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 125 in Edmonton. This text comes in out of Edmonton. It says, Bob, the individual numbers matter for goaltenders because that's what they get paid for in the cap world. Although the wins and individual stats are obviously related. Happy that Koskinen has looked good at late, but still worried about that one-week goal per game, which is deadly in the playoffs if the Oilers can indeed squeak in. Uh, Andres, uh, Andres Cito, or Andre Cito, out of Nelson BC has been texting me for years on the show I think I get his handle right Bob do the Golden Knights not have a cap problem seems like they never have a cap issue maybe Bettman uh, lets them go over the ceiling I thought they were like 7 million over because of Eichel and they had to get rid of a good player to put him in now they add 7 million in flurry I don't get it how do they make that happen Uh, well we'll see (laughs) we'll see what they end up doing here time will tell in that regard and speaking of time will tell we at this moment are going to go to the orders now prospect report for scott arthur millwork custom cabinetry luxury closets exceptional millwork visit scottarthurmillwork.com today here is brendan escott
2: Third straight week, the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, sitting atop the Canadian Hockey League top 10 rankings. 13 straight wins will do that for you as well. Uh, Brad Lauer's group has rattled them off. Led largely by overager Josh Williams and ninth overall draft pick Dylan Gunther. Williams has uh, what 32 goals and 73 points in 55 games played. Gunther 72 points in 47 appearances. Uh, Since Justin Sortif came over, just one of the many additions this year he was vancouver's captain he's registered 26 points in 18 games they are loaded up front and i didn't even mention jake neighbors he's got a 1.58 points per game since coming back from st louis overall bob the team 42 11 2 and 1 on the year they have a big lead 12 points on the central division <sighs>
0: The Edmonton Oil Kings have seven forwards averaging better than a point per game and four defensemen with 30 plus points this season. And I got Sebastian Coase in goal. Now they've got some injuries. Last night they played without neighbors who will be out maybe a couple more weeks here with a, a bit of a, a upper body challenge. Uh, could be playing if it was playoff time, I think. Uh, Demick was suspended last night, the Vegas fourth round pick, big centerman. Uh, he's expected back shortly. Uh, they, the, or, uh, Yeah, Luke Prokop uh, expected. He didn't play last night. I think he'll be good to go maybe by next week. So they got a lot of talent on that team. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin now. 11-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. It's a tremendous honor for their staff, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. They are dedicated to ensuring your customer experience is outstanding at Brent Ridge Ford. You can reach them at one 477 ford That's 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. We will head off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. And then a guy who's just, it's an awesome story. Edmonton Oilers forward Brad Bugsy Malone when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630
2: Chad.